welcome to Spiritual Wanderlust, where we explore our interior life in search of the sacred. Many of us will travel the whole world to find ourselves, but here we'll follow those longings within to our spiritual and emotional landscapes. In each episode, we'll talk with inspiring guests, contemplative teachers, embodiment experts, neuropsychologists, and mystics. With a blend of ancient wisdom and modern science, along with a healthy dash of mischief, we'll deep dive into divine intimacy and what it means to be whole. I'm your host, Kelly Deutsch. Hello, everyone. Kelly Deutsch here. I am here joined by Emily Kerpelman again. Um, last week, we did a, um, a, we had a conversation about shadow work and IFS, internal family systems, and how IFS can help you work through all of those shadow parts and those parts of us that tug us in so many different directions. And today, we wanted to give uh, a demonstration of what that actually looks like because sometimes it's a little hard to understand a model until you actually see it or experience it for yourself. And so Emily is an IFS coach. Um, I use IFS both in spiritual direction and coaching. And so today we were going to uh, have Emily be the client and I was going to play the coach or practitioner so that you can all see what it's like to have um, parts coming up, the different voices, the tensions that we feel within and how IFS helps us navigate those things. Emily, what did I miss? Anything? <laughs> You're so articulate. My parts were just like the parts of me that were listening. First off, I felt like I needed to cough as soon as you press, press the record button. <clears throat> there we go. It's better. And, you know, I think you really covered it well. So I'm glad that you, you did the intro there. My parts Wonderful. Were like, yeah. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> and to let all of our listeners know, this is not rehearsed. I don't know what Emily's going to talk about today. Um, we're just going to have a short demo session, see what parts come up. And that's, that's always how it is, an IFS session. You don't really know where it's going to go. You're going to go talk to some parts, see who comes up and um, see what we can discover. Yeah. So, I will um, say that's my, one of my favorite things about IFS is I don't have to be the expert in my client's experience. I'm just there to guide. And that's a nice uh, change of pace because as practitioners, I feel like there's a lot of expectation that we are the superhumans that can hold somebody's stuff and fix it for them. IFS doesn't require that. So I love that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's more of a facilitator uh, than an expert. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Yep. Cool. Well, the way I like to usually start these is to just have a minute of silence to be able to breathe, be aware of where you are, you get settled into your own skin. And also to do, um, I like to call it a body scan, but sometimes it's, that feels a little too much like doing like, okay, now I got to do this thing where I scan my body. Um, but to just have an awareness, like see what in your body presents itself as like, Hey, I have some tension over here. Or could you give me some, um, attention over in this direction? So anyway, we'll take a minute, breathe and see what comes up. Anything in particular that you noticed or would like to share about body sensations or other awarenesses? Yeah. In silence. Well, 
it feels like a day that's going to be pretty busy, busy brained for me, because if that moment of silence was any indication, because <clears throat> um, first it was an awareness of this, like a performance part that really, it just really wants to do a good job. Um, and, you know, be able to offer something uh, useful to my friend Kelly <laughs> in this in this uh, in this demo. And as um, soon as I acknowledged that feeling, it was kind of something like in my chest and stomach that was sort of like a um, a buzzing sort of sensation, that's like an unsettled, can't sit still sort of feeling. It it sort of eased. Mm. Um, but then immediately I had like practitioner parts or like coach parts come in that were like, I don't think I'm ever quiet in sessions with my clients. Like I, even when, you know, we do a meditation in the beginning, I'm, I'm talking them through, you know, noticing and how useful it is to just be silent. Mm. That like there's little parts that are just take like, it's a great idea. I'm gonna try that. Uh, <laughs> because there is so much that, um, pops up and then there's a part that's like trying to track it all uh so I guess there really wasn't that much that popped up it just felt like a lot yeah 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 it's um it's just talking with somebody who was amazed that like oh so I'm not the only one who has like all these millions of voices inside <laughs> like no yeah no we all are yeah. We usually call it thinking. <laughs> yes. And how it's like so rapid fire. And if you slow something down, like I, I could talk about, like I have parts that are like, this is the coolest. And they just want to talk about all of it. But just how um, thoughts can cascade or progress milliseconds, like part, 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 part. And then if you slow it down, you can see how one thing leads to another and how it's just this chain reaction of tiny little moments. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and yet at first realizing that I felt like a, like I was crazy, uh, that I, there was just too much in there and, oh my God, how was I going to just remember that in the beginning? Um, yeah. 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 Do you have any particular part that wants attention today or did you mm -hmm. already have like a, you know, kind of trailhead in mind where you wanted to start? Right. Yeah, I, I had something pop up um, just a moment ago, actually, when I was considering what I wanted to focus on. And um, it's a part of me, and I think that I've worked with this before, but I don't know if I have directly, honestly. There's a part of me and it feels, um, let's see, okay, let me start off with just like what I know about it. So there's a part of me that is pretty critical and it's critical of when I say something that uh, for lack, just for simplicity's sake, was wrong, possibly. Mm. That maybe it um, came out wrong or it affected somebody in a way I didn't intend or it hurt someone's feelings or it didn't have the response I was looking for. Mm. Um, that, you know, when I'm saying that, that is also a part, right? Like that there's a part that's like tracking responses and it's like, uh oh, that wasn't what I expected. Mm. Um, and so there's a part that's tracking, but also there's a critical voice in my head that spins over and over and over the whatever it was that I said and how the person responded and sort of beats me up about it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um And it feels like something a teenager would do, right? Mm. Like this, this, it has this insecurity element to it that really feels like I did when I was like a young teen. Um, this awareness, God, oh, it's shame too. Like it has a little bit of shame mm. when it makes a mistake like this. Mm -hmm. what, it, what it could mean. But there is this like critical, critical voice to it. And yeah. it's a little bit obsessive. Um, and there's a part of me that's like, oh crap, this probably is a little more vulnerable than I even thought of when I thought of it. Cause I was so curious about, oh yeah, that is kind of there. And now me saying it out loud, I'm like, this, this other part of me is like, 
you sound you sound like you're not very uh grown up there <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah can I speak to that part that just popped up yeah yeah um so I'm very thankful that you stepped in and um voiced your concern this part that um is concerned that you sound <laughs> not very grown up mm -hmm. um, but I also would like to reassure that part that we all have very young parts that do very immature things. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think of the time that I spent in the corporate world and how many people are acting like six-year-olds, you know, even though they're like, you know, 50-year-old white men who are being paid lots of money. So mm -hmm. there is absolutely no shame in having those things because that's actually what makes you normal. Mm. Yeah, letting that sink in for a second. Mm -hmm. That's what makes you normal. This part really feels like it's teenage obsessive and you really should have figured this out by now. Is what mm. it says. So it's also a critical voice. Mm -hmm. I've got a few of those. I wonder mm -hmm. if anyone listening can connect to me on that. Yeah. I have my parts are so these critical voices when I first um, really listened to what they were saying, they're so mean to me. Mm. They're the meanest. And I would never speak this way to anyone else, right? just inside my own head. Yeah. How are you feeling towards that critical part, the one that's upset with the teenager? Mm. Um, it's interesting. I think I'm curious because I'm saying, you know, it's interesting that I was feeling so open about this just a second ago. Hmm. And there was something that changed from before pressing record to now that it doesn't feel like a good idea anymore, but that's to this part. And so I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm just curious about that because when I'm feeling more centered and in self, nothing's very scary to me. Mm -hmm. Uh it's not scary at all. And uh, what I'm getting is that there's like, there's an element of shame all wrapped around this whole thing. Like hmm. the fact that it exists and then also what happens inside this cycle, there's shame wrapped up in there. So it's just this like double wrapping of like kind of a shame that this happens. And then there is shame dumped onto me when it happens. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and as I'm mm. saying that, like I'm getting a little more distance from it and feeling badly for it being that way. Yeah. Does that shame part have a name? Or can you ask it what it wants to be called? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this work is so interesting. So I've learned in practice that you don't discount the first response. You just listen and whatever mm -hmm. it is, even if it feels strange, uh, that it's okay to go with it. Um, but immediately there was this like, so, okay. So the, I'm a pretty visual person when I'm working through feelings and thoughts and all of that, it kind of shows up in my mind visually. Yeah. And there's um, kind of like this uh, cylindrical sort of like, almost like a, a circus ride sort of thing oh. that's like right here. And that holds this whole like, you know, movie that plays and plays and plays and then the shame around that. So that's its own little container. Hmm. And there's this part over here looking at it. Um, and that one feels ashamed of its existence. And is kind of like, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. Maybe we shouldn't have exposed that that's there because it's kind of, a I'm kind of ashamed feeling of it. Um, and when I asked what it wanted to be, when you asked like, what is this part that feels that shame want to be called? It doesn't even want to be associated with shame. Hmm. Like there was this like, mm -mm, kind of like, mm -hmm. like it touched something hot. Yeah. Feeling in my head of like, nope, mm-mm. Yeah, I don't that even makes want a name sense. associated with that. 
Right, right. If if it's kind of like a double layer of shame, you know, where mm -hmm. the, the circus ride is all like, has those elements of shame and then outside it's like, but I'm feeling a little bit ashamed or something or whatever language it wants to use um, mm -hmm. about the circus ride even existing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, how would it like us to address it? For now, it's saying, I'm going to stand over here in this shadow, like there's a little shadow in the room. And it's mm -hmm. like, and you can talk to me, but I don't really want you to call me anything. I don't want anyone to know I'm here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's the feeling I'm getting. It's just, yeah. And, and as yeah. I'm saying it, it's bizarre, but that's, that's just work, man. Totally great. <laughs> that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> we have a whole menagerie of parts and all sorts of personalities mm -hmm. and tendencies and emotions. Yeah, yeah, it can be surprising even to me when this is my inside my own head, that it can be surprising to me. It's just, it's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is this part okay if we talk with it for a little while or how are your parts feeling in general? Mm. Well, I just took a little scope again of what's showing up. So there's the The part that doesn't really want us to me to acknowledge that that is there, mm -hmm. and then there is the thing that's there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you can hear my baby; he's distracting me a little bit. He's just making sounds in his sleep. He's going. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this part, um, the one in the shadows is, is like, I can sense it really doesn't want to have anything to do with this. And so what I'm saying is, okay, I'm, I'm good to, to lead this and to go in here and just see what's going on with this like thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm hearing what it says about this feels too young. It feels kind of teenage and like, um, like too vulnerable, like the behavior itself is like allowing people too much power hmm. in a way. Cause whatever, however they respond to what I said, that is how, um, like they have the power to make me feel better or something. Mm, when this okay. part when this system is all activated uh yeah almost like they hold the puppet strings yeah and this part really doesn't like the idea of someone else having control over how I feel mm, mm -hmm. and that's really making sense to me is okay. that the the part in the shadows that doesn't like that mm -hmm. yeah and it's saying too like and if you tell everyone about this then they'll know and then maybe they can actually exploit it. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. And I'm letting it feel too that, like this, this is familiar to me. I've actually, I have done work with this part before. In the beginning, I wasn't sure. So I was like, I know that I'm familiar with this happening, but I can't remember if I've done work with it. And it feels um, like something that used to happen, doesn't happen that much anymore, but hmm. sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. uh, where as before I started doing this work it was a lot more frequent so I've definitely done work with this yeah um, is that part um, in the shadows aware of that yeah and it's um me being curious about why it still happens is uh kind of leading the charge now and this part is like well maybe yeah like maybe we can figure out why it still happens because it's really uncomfortable when it does mm -hmm. so it's kind of on board now yeah. Okay. So is that part in the shadows okay with us talking with the teenager part maybe? It's a little uneasy, but it's like, I guess go for it. Sure. <laughs> Try yeah. See what happens. It's like, right. And I trusting me, you know? It's right. Like, I was going to say that part is welcome to hang out on the sidelines with us. It doesn't have to go away. And if there's, you know, something that feels too vulnerable, it's welcome to step in and 
you know, put the kibosh on it if it really, if it needs to. <laughs> Does anybody come in and laugh at me for trying to keep my eyes closed and drink my drink at the same time? <laughs> it felt like, you know, if I had a straw here, like going <laughs> to find it. Why didn't I just open my eyes? That was silly. Okay. It's funny. I'm and I'm really so hoping <laughs> I'm really hoping that I was on the camera in the recording when it happened because <laughs> it probably was pretty great. Anyways, okay. That that was amusing. Um mm -hmm. always appreciate levity. Um mm -hmm. mm. Okay, so yeah, um, so approaching this system, it is spinning pretty quickly. Hmm. Standing outside of it, it's like the ride is engaged. Mm -hmm. It seems like one of those that like sticks everyone to the wall because it's spinning. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm outside of it right now. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is it aware that you're there? Kind of, I'm more aware of the fact that it's active right now. Like it's really paying attention to what I'm saying. Hmm. Um, especially, it seems like this part might be attached to the performer parts that want to do a good job. Hmm. Like it really analyzes what I'm saying, especially mm -hmm. if there's an audience listening. Um, mm -hmm. It can feel that, that pressure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't want to sound like a dum dum or disrail or derail the conversation. Um, and is that that teenager part, or is that a different part? Hmm. Okay, so that's a good question. So this is more like preventative measure. So there's something that exists in the system that keeps me like tries to to. Uh, uh, filter the things that I might say mm -hmm. it sort of like picks things and chooses things and sort of runs the show but if something gets through that wasn't quite right or you know makes me look ridiculous or um, somehow mucks things up mm -hmm. then there's another one that comes up and it's just like heavy blows beating me up Oh, and mm. re revisiting, 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 or after it said it, like there's this anxiety spike thing that happens. It's like, oh crap, like that actually wasn't that funny. Or, um, oh shoot, that didn't come out right. Like it's, they, it could be that they could interpret it this way or that way. Oh no, oh no, how are they gonna, you know, I can't take it back. It's showing me text messages in particular. Mm. It's like when I'm waiting for someone's response and how, um, How un, like how it's it's really afraid to feel shame. Hmm. But it it's like there's an anxious spin. Yeah. And as I'm saying this, like it isn't as much a critical voice yet. It's just this worry, this like attempt to prevent. There's the worry around what I said. But I guess there is a little critical voice in here somewhere that's saying, oh God. Why did I say it like, ugh, like it gets really irritated that mm. um, and kind of just down on itself, down on me is what it feels like, but it's just like worthless. Like, why did I say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm hearing there's kind of the scanner and the filter mm -hmm. and like, okay, what's coming in, what's going out. Um, and then there's the response, like once that filter has done its job or the scanner has done its job and is like, you know, scans the whole environment and then you know, decides like, okay, I found something. Oh shoot. You know, and either like kind of freaks out or, you know, mm -hmm. it's almost like fight or flight. It's either, you know, maybe angry or frustrated, or it might be just anxious and worried and like, ah. yeah. yeah, that's a good descriptor. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's like three parts there. Um, 
I just had a thought that went away somewhere, got whisked away. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna see if that returns, I don't know. Sure, um, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, so this this is sort, it's sort of becoming clear to me, it feels right that this, I mean, it seems obvious now, but this system of parts just really wants me to connect well with others hmm. and wants me to be cool and liked and to fit in, you know, very, um, I think these are qualities that stick with us, but are, we wear them on our sleeves as teenagers mm -hmm. and that's, that is, I think, where the quality comes from. Why it feels so teenage is that it is so desperate for this whole system. There's this like desperation for connection and hmm. uh, wanting to fit. Yeah. Um, How do you feel towards that system of parts? Well, the one in the shadows just came up and is like, um, I can just, it's not actually getting in my way, but it's saying back here, like, yeah, too vulnerable, like, mm. and too um, needy. Like, that's the quality this one hates is that it mm. seems needy and I'm exposed and I'm exposing the fact that there's something inside of me that's needy. And I have parts that abhor that in others mm. mm -hmm. and abhor it in me, just mm. any sort of display of neediness I've been taught from probably around middle school is what it feels like is like I'm getting this um image right now of when I was in middle school I had three my three best friends were little boys basically and three little boys and me and um they would always tease me for being a girl uh <laughs> and how like any sort of like feminine or any sort of like dramatic feeling or mm. um, over the top or uh, any sort of display that was, I don't know, it's kind of like I would stick my neck out a little and I would get teased for it. Mm. So I became very, very shy in middle school. Hmm which is interesting to see it that way. Cause I thought I was always shy, but it was something that developed then because I was afraid of saying anything. So I didn't want to be teased for how I felt. Mm. Mm -hmm. So this one, this in the shadows makes sense to me now. Like it's, I'm understanding it better that it just really doesn't want this to exist because I've been taught that this is um, not wanted. It's shameful. It's also just like unnecessary and um, that it's something that people don't want around. Hmm. It's like neediness. Like, why can't you just stand on your own feet and, and be cool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. I can just squash this down somewhere. <laughs> How about that? Sure. Yeah. So this all, all happens in secret. So like it getting squashed down. That's where, mm. the, like, I'm seeing that that's where the shameful, shameful feeling about it existing is coming from. It's like, I got to put this somewhere. Sure. Is that what that part in the shadows does? Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, it really doesn't like that, that, um, but now that I'm seeing that that's the case, it really doesn't like for it to be exposed. I have more distance and like understanding what's happening is helping me so much right now. Mm. I can feel it. I can feel the like, that I get it. There's a lot of, a lot of, um, like, um, how can I describe it? Like there's, um, like a knot tied really tight. And mm. as I'm, as I'm having an understanding, I'm able to like loosen the knot mm. and it's just not quite as tight anymore. Mm. Uh, which feels nice. Yeah not as much of a clamp down on um, on this yeah hmm. I'm really like I keep having these you know I've been doing this work for almost four years as a client and a practitioner and I keep 
um, still kind of getting this bird eye view on what's happening, being like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> like I didn't know, you know, there's things that I still find that are um, energizing because of uh, when, when, when I'm, when I'm understanding what's happening, there's this like deep ringing bell of connection that just feels so good to like mm. connect to the, Oh, I get it. I, I get yes. it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those aha moments where you're like, mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. and that it's all back here somewhere. And if I if I can just slow down for a second, that I can see how everything's connected, and there's just something so beautiful about that and how it feels keeps mm -hmm. me coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like there's another part that's just like marveling at all of this. Like, look at yes. what just happened there. <laughs> Yes. And it's holding all of this awareness of like, this is so cool, man. Mm -hmm. This is cool. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, it is cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if you want to express some gratitude towards that part hanging out in the shadows. It just shared a lot of information with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does it respond? Well, I, it didn't realize that it was going to feel so much better from talking to me. It was, it was nervous and concerned to, to air anything out because uh, of what could happen, the exposure and yeah. Um, but it's understanding that when I see the connections is why it feels the way it does. And like, as that was aired out, uh, the awareness that it came from something that was taught to me that isn't necessarily a universal truth. It was something I acquired from these silly little boys <laughs> that were my friends, right? And they were teasing me and like, I, boys don't really know how to, what to do with a girl a lot <sighs> of the time that age and how they probably were wanting to be my friend, but didn't know how. And, mm. um, and I was doing the same thing. Uh, there was a part of me that was so happy that I had friends because when I was that age, I didn't have many because people were just not very nice to me. <laughs> and these, you know, little kids can be so mean. And then these three boys, you know, on the bus, we became friends. And um, I really, really wanted them to like me. Mm. And I saw an opportunity um, to prune, basically who I was to be liked by somebody, mm -hmm. by anyone. Uh, these three kids seem to accept me. And like, that's what this, it's just coming like in torrents now from this one. Yeah, wow. But what I'm realizing is, um, and this, this feels like more, more like a bird's eye view part, right? That's like, I see the whole picture. Um, I wonder if they would have been my friend no matter what. Mm. You know, and uh, there's this kind of like knowing that they would have still accepted me and that they were teasing me because they liked me. Mm. They weren't actual criticisms. Mm -hmm. mm. <sighs> but it was, it felt so real at the time and so um, precarious and I couldn't take a risk. Yeah. Um, oh, poor little, poor little Emily. Yeah. I'm going to extend some compassion to that middle mm. schooler. How important it was and scary. Like I, you know, I had a friend that was my friend and then we came back, we had a summer and then like the last month of summer, she just never called. We didn't play. And then we went back to school and she and I, she rode the same bus as me also she just wouldn't talk to me. And I had no idea why. I had no idea what happened. And I was like, that was my friend. And then another friend moved away. Mm. And I had two little friends. And I can see them both in my mind's eye. One of them was like four foot 10. Um, and she had these big, big glasses. And she was just like, so cute. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened to her. She moved away. Um, and she was one of my little friends. And then this other friend that just decided that she'd had enough of me or something. And I had no idea what I did wrong. And so that had just happened. Oh, and 
then these three little boys that were just the best of friends together started talking to me on the bus and teasing me and we were all laughing and then all of a sudden I had friends again and it was you know there was some time in between both sure. events uh, so yeah I'm really sensing how important that was right yeah yeah like those parts were trying to help you have that connection that they crave so much especially considering the experience that they had just had like we don't want to do that again look somebody's giving us some attention mm -hmm. like connection 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 mm -hmm. yes 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 and i'm also seeing like you know how how um informative years how easy like in ifs the idea is all parts are welcome and even now it's hard to believe sometimes that there are parts of me that i don't want to look at that they actually are welcome out in the open uh it's hard to believe that sometimes yeah um, and it's just you know i've even doing this work for so long i'm running into that again it's like this part in the shadows didn't believe that this was is okay to be out because mm. uh, we prune ourselves when we're young and that's what i'm really saying is like i needed to make myself fit uh and there are certain elements of me that I was learning were not welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does that part think that applies to present day Emily? Like this whole realization that, wow, maybe, maybe it is okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe they would accept me for who I am. Well, it seems like there was this like really quick catch up that just happened in the shadow that I really had nothing to do with. I think it was just an mm -hmm. awareness that this part achieved, like it's, it caught up. Mm -hmm. uh, but it sees the process of IFS, because again, I've been doing this for a while and it sees how, oh cool. So if when it emerges, you can actually work with it and then it won't be doing maybe what it does. Um, or it can do something similar that isn't quite so uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but the lay it's this like un unwrapping layers thing, like an onion or mm -hmm. like pre present or something where it's, it's there. I'm taking the first layer off with this parts, uh, allowing it mm -hmm. with its permission. And then I can open this box and sort of, you know, let everybody out for a second so we can see what's going on there. And then possibly uh, the part that the, the thing about this process that hurts, we can fix mm -hmm. and help that part. And this one's getting that now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like that part in the shadows is recognizing that this system we were looking at of the like the filter and the worry and sometimes shame or frustration, those parts that all work in concert don't always have to um, be reactive. Like we can now step in, especially you as, as an adult, your adult self can step in and say, Whoa, Hey, time out guys. Like what's, mm -hmm. what's going on in here? Instead mm -hmm. of it just being a knee jerk reaction that then the part in the shadow has to feel awful about. Right. And I'm also, you know, just aware of how, um, how different it is to just have the experience because it feels familiar. It's something that I have seen or felt countless times, but it's a really different experience to like, it's, it's, it's almost like it's happening in my peripheral vision. Hmm. I'm aware of it, but now I'm looking at it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how, how, now that I know what it feels like as it's activated and um, what happens just rapid fire when this whole thing is spinning, mm -hmm. that maybe that like the first step is taking, like I can actually take a step back as it's happening, uh, maybe, because now mm. I'm aware of it. Yeah. And that, you know, that maybe it won't hurt so much because I mm. won't get all spun up in, in the feelings, like, because I'm not defined by those feelings or just something that's happening. And so I can sort of get like, a little oh, that's that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just by noticing. Yeah. Yeah. How does that shadow fart? Shadow fart. <laughs> <laughs> How does that shadow part feel about that? It's going shadow fart, shadow. <laughs> 
like maybe that can be its name. <laughs> good. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, it's um everything feels really good right now. This felt like a really good necessary moment. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that either that shadow part slash shadow part <laughs> and that system of parts want to share with you before we close? You know, there's just this shared feeling of relief mm. and it's, uh, but it's not that bad, even though it feels that way. Um, and that, you know, that this, that I am here now with them, mm -hmm. uh, with real awareness for the system, how it works and why it exists, just feels much better. And there's just this like, <sighs> okay, good. So maybe mm. there is a chance that this won't hurt so much in the future. Yeah. But there's some hope and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Do you want to extend that gratitude to all those parts mm -hmm. for showing up and dialoguing with us and mm -hmm. sharing those memories? Yeah. And I'm also just aware of how differently they look to me now as to when we started. Because um, I was really, really what we call blended with this one that was like, I wish that wasn't there. Can we not talk about it even? You know, this like feeling of, ugh. Mm -hmm. who does this you know this critical thing and now I see all of it from more of a distance and like can sense how young they are and um I have a lot of compassion for that because I mm. get it mm -hmm. mm. it's a really nice shift yeah beautiful hmm. how are you feeling in your body at this point Hmm. not as shaky like there was you know just this trembly sort of thing going on and I can still sort of feel it in my gut but the rest of me feels pretty steady it's like gotten really small mm -hmm. yeah even just watching your your shoulders release as you kind of sighed there and like, mm -hmm. oh some yeah level of parts relaxing yeah. Beautiful. I'll give you a moment to get back in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels much better. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm struck too by how when I do demos like this with an audience, how um, you can just feel people with you as you do work like this. And it really helps because hmm. at first it's really unnerving because you're um, exposing something about who you are and the structure and of something inside and how vulnerable that can be, that exposure. Uh, but as soon as I have compassion for what's going on, I can feel, um, even though people aren't with me, physically I can feel the maybe it's from you that I'm noticing it mostly but <laughs> this like uh collective um caring I guess it makes it you know it, it's risky but it makes the work a lot deeper and a lot more uh fruitful and I'm grateful hmm beautiful yeah I'm glad for that collective presence that's able to hold you mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah me too yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Any other thoughts or reflections you'd like to share on that experience? Well, there's a part of me that is uh, totally open to discussing anything that transpired. So like, I'm not uh, overly concerned with discuss this, this, this part is like, go for it, you know, mm -hmm. they're all out there anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not even sure if we have time for that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like it, it, there was a part of me that kept wanting to highlight things as they were occurring. So I was really wanting people to, uh, I didn't, I didn't want what I, what, what I was experiencing to not be clear or to not be connectable. Sure. Um, 
so yeah, I'm maybe maybe we can turn it to you and see if there's anything that was of note for you that that could be helpful for those trying to learn this model a little bit more. Hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing that's um, coming up is just noting noting how you feel towards parts. Um, that's how we tell in IFS if you're in self or not that deepest part of you, because like you had that part that in the shadows that kept popping up and was like, I don't want to do this, you know, like clearly that's not, that's not self energy. That's a part that's, you know, sharing its emotions. Um, but in order to move forward, we need enough of that self energy, which is the curiosity, the compassion, the connectedness, um, all of those C words mm -hmm. um, that help us know that we can move forward and talking with a part because it doesn't help if we have, you know, one part that's feeling ashamed of another part or angry with another part, because then we often just end up in the same kind of whirlwind cycle that we often mm -hmm. are. So just yeah, thought that was of note. Absolutely. And just a little, just to add to that a bit, it's, this model is wonderful in how respectful it is mm -hmm. of people's systems. So just what you're saying about having enough self-present uh, in like understanding what parts are like, so, so when we ask, like, how do you feel toward this part? It's to detect if there are any other parts present, because if there are, the healing is not possible. Mm. It's not possible if there's any sort of judgment in between you and your target part. Uh, at least if it's like, you know, directly in front or whatever, if they're kind of off to the side and allow your self energy to lead, then yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. But um, if, if there is a part that is protecting me from what's occurring, this model respects that and is saying, okay, so I can't actually go forward without your permission mm -hmm. to this part of me that was like, I don't think so to guys, like, what are you thinking exposing this? Right. We had to understand that first before right. I can move forward. And Right. So we turn towards whatever that protector part is or whoever's standing in the way. So if you, I mean, that's a very easy way to start an IFS is if you have a part of you that um, you get really frustrated with, you know, let's say it's your people pleasing tendencies or an addiction that you have, or like a pattern and relationships that you keep falling into. That's one part, you know, that pattern or whatever it is. And then the frustration you have towards that is another part. And so working with, oftentimes you have to work with that frustrated part or the angry part or whatever it is first before you can ever get to that part underneath that's trying the best that it can, the way that it knows how um, to protect you or somehow make your life livable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in, in, in doing that detection, right? Like at looking at this middle part and then the frustrated part, um, a really great practice for me, and I feel like it's pretty popular for a reason in, in the IFS world, but it's mapping parts mm. and it's not complicated. It's not like mapping it's, it's, you know, I, when I do it, I draw a circle and I write qualities like frustrated part and then anything else that kind of comes up and then draw a line. It's like this frustrated part, it's frustrated at this part. And I draw this and then write out whatever that is. And in doing that, you slow the process down in your head enough so that you can actually see what's maybe even in between that. And then like, you know, it's really can be, there's a lot present and it's a great way to practice noticing parts and slowing things down enough for yourself so you can really get information about the system that exists, the one mm -hmm. that you're looking at or experiencing in real time. It's helpful to get it out of your head and onto paper and that actually helps me tremendously, especially when I'm in a state of being triggered mm. to slow things down and have some awareness that allows a little tiny bit of separation and a little more space. Yes. When, I, when I have spaciousness, that for me is how I know that self is present mm. first is that there is this like, it doesn't feel like I am smushed by my feelings anymore. There's this like, okay, I can kind of move it, you can actually feel it in my chest like this breath is easier and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah I love that spaciousness 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. A great way to start. That's a wonderful exercise. And, um, yeah, I'm amazed. Uh, I did a few months ago, um, a mapping exercise, um, with some parts and just went through all of my parts that I could come up with, like, and really just went through and connected, like what exile are they protecting? And that was such a powerful activity. I was like, oh my gosh. And to see which parts were protecting the same exile. And for those who didn't watch our last um, episode, we were, an exile is basically one of those parts that holds a lot of pain a lot of times. Um, And they're trying to protect you from feeling that. Um, But this is something that, I mean, Emily, you and I have talked about doing like a shadow work boot camp and um, taking people through this. So if that's something that you're interested in, let us know in the comments um, because we'll definitely prioritize that if that's something we have a lot of interest in because there's so many parts in here. And once you're able to, just like Emily demonstrated today, when you're able to connect with them, hear their stories, um, there's just so much relief that comes from that. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I don't have to work quite so hard in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of protection that takes a lot of energy. Uh, that we a lot of times are not even aware that we're doing or aware that there is any other option. Mm-hmm. But IFS creates options. It, mm-hmm. it makes us aware of the fact that we have choice in our um, how we feel and how we respond to the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for uh, being a willing client today. And uh, thank you to all of your parts <laughs> for yeah. allowing us to um, get a little view inside. Heck yeah. And thanks for such a great facilitation, Kellyanne, for having me. This was great. Sure. Absolutely. If people were ever interested in having a session with you or learning more, where should they go? Yeah. So I have a website. It's ek.coach. There's all the information you need there. And I look forward to hearing from you guys if you want to talk further. Wonderful. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Emily. (laughs) 